This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max, brought to you by Amida Recruitment, specialising in engineering and construction recruitment. Now on the show today we have the St Kilda Saints star forward, Dan Butler. Dan, how are you and what's it been like the last few weeks of footy for you? Yeah, Max, how you going? Thanks for having me, mate. Um, yeah, it's been good. It's um, been an awesome start for the year, loving uh, playing under Ross and um, yeah, just a bit of a fresh start with new coaches in and um, yeah, I think all the boys are enjoying playing and uh, it's been good to get a few wins as well. Some of the last few performances obviously wouldn't have been how yourself and the group would have liked them. Obviously, first of all against Port Adelaide and against North Melbourne, it was a bit sloppy towards uh, in the first half of that game. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we look at some of the vision and obviously a lot of the offensive stuff was a bit sloppy, but um, we do look at the defensive side of stuff and um, you know, our trademark clips are still pretty solid uh, with our effort and attack on the ball, so we're pretty happy with that. We try to take the positives out of it. Um, and we know we can always clean up the offensive side. Have you noticed like a big change in style and how you guys go about it on field and with players and shifting and positioning and things like that? Yeah, I think so. I think Ross and all, all the new coaches have brought in a bit of a new game style and um, it's probably forced us to adapt a little bit and use our running power a lot more. So we've been trying to go yeah, a bit more forward as a team and um, yeah, off the back of good defence as well. So it's been good for everyone, I think. And um, yeah, it's been good to be playing part of you know, a good system. There's lots of younger blokes in, uh, in this site at the moment, like guys like Anthony Cavaniti coming mm-hmm. back from obviously a three-week suspension. Mitch Owens is really showing his class. You've got Marcus Wincaker, who's a star in the waiting, um, coming off the bench. What's that like to have so much depth, not only in your forward line, but you've got that all the way through the field too? Yeah, it's really good. I think um, it's a credit to you know the development team here in, in DC and, and Bachelor and um, Brendan Goddard as well. They've done a great job of getting all the young lads up to speed. And um, yeah, we feel this year more than ever that people have been able to come in and play their role. And there was probably um, question marks over how we go with King and Membry out at, mm-hmm. at the start of the year, but um, you know Cameron Eddie and Philip will come in pretty seamlessly and play their role. So I think we have a system now that. Um, you know, people can come in and, and just take over different people's roles. So um, it's good for the team and it uh, keeps us in good stead in, in games. How have you felt personally about and fitness-wise about the first eight weeks this season? Yeah, been pretty good. Um, felt yeah, pretty fit. Um, obviously, it was a pretty tough summer, a lot of running. Um, probably the most running I've done in, in a pre-season, <laughs> I think. So I think everyone's pretty fit. And, yeah, we take a lot of confidence out of, um, you know, how fit we are and we've done the work that we can you know, run deep into the four quarters and um, put other teams in the ground. Is that due to goal setting and things like that? Like, do you set goals in the off-season of where you want to get to fitness-wise? Yeah, we, we do. We, um, you know, we have a bit of a plan when we, when we finish at the end of the year and, um, yeah, we have different requirements. We have to meet whether that's skin folds, time trials, stuff like that. So it's always in the back of your mind in off-season. And, um, yeah, for, for us, it's our 3K time trial. We've got to come back and run under a certain time. So it keeps guys accountable in the off-season and make sure that they're fit when they come back. Absolutely. Now, there's been a lot of young faces, and not not young faces, sorry, new faces, fresh faces at the club, not only in the coaching group but the playing group too. What's the message been like from the coaches over the last few weeks and this year? Yeah, I think um, obviously they've come in with all new ideas and um, just the ability to buy into those ideas and um, you know, obviously a new game plan this year so everyone getting to work and up to scratch on that. Uh, we've done a lot of sessions on learning the ins and outs of the game plan and, um, yeah, I guess just getting used to each other in the new game plan as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of work in the in the classroom over the pre-season. There still is, just uh, kind of nutting out all the, 
the little bits and pieces of what goes into the game plan. What does that game plan consist of? Obviously, you can't go to, into it um, in too much detail, but how many repetitions of things do you guys do on field each day? Yeah, I think um, over the pre-season, because Ross was coming in and trying to implement um, you know, his new style from the start, there was a lot of um, bookwork and um, sessions in the in the theatre, just watching vision and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I think now that we've kind of learnt it um, over the summer, there's probably less of that, which is good, and we can use examples from actual games. But, yeah, a lot of it's just based around defence and, um, yeah, using our running power to, you know, try to take advantage of our strengths. Do you think it's the most tactical or most bookwork sort of coaching style or tactical style you've been a part of in your career? Uh, yeah, it's definitely up there. I think um, Dimmer at Richmond was, was very similar. Was um, you know had a very good game plan and that stood up uh, no matter who we we're playing. And I think Ross is very similar. Um, yeah, you know he's got a he's a very smart man. And obviously got some great assistant coaches under him. Um, so it's been good to, to learn from them and, and get back to playing in, in a good system. So your junior career, Dan, playing at Lake Wendery, what player were you like as a kid? And has that changed obviously throughout your career? I mean, you're playing as I guess a half-mid-half forward throughout that TAC Cup in under-18s? Yeah, obviously, uh, growing up in Ballarat, I was probably played more of a midfielder. Uh, yep. I like to get forward and kick goals and, um, yeah, through Tac Cup, a bit of mid- midfield as well. Um, but kind of, yeah, got the feedback that if I was going to make AFL, I'd probably be as a small forward. So, uh, top age group of uh, Tac Cup, I, I played small forward and, um, yeah, really just tried to work on my pressure and, and that kind of stuff. So... I think, um, yeah, as a junior, I was more of a midfielder. Um, and then, yeah, obviously now I transitioned into that small, four, small forward. How did you make that transition? Were there different things you had to do, have to do, had, had to do in the weight room, weight-wise, et cetera, or goals or, or requirements to meet to be able to meet that criteria for a small forward? Yeah, I think it was probably my running power. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think early on as a junior, I was still pretty quick, but probably didn't have the best fitness base. And yep. um, obviously at AFL, you need pretty high base. And, yeah, it was um, feedback-wise, just getting that up to scratch and, um, yeah, put a lot of work into to getting fit, um, and yeah, probably just learning the, the things about the small forward, the running patterns, watching other small forwards okay. from the AFL, and um, yeah, obviously the pressure as well, which was something that I based my game on. Now is something I really worked hard on when I was uh, growing up. Just playing for North Ballarat in the TAC Cup, obviously, what's it like when you make that jump from, I guess, playing against kids at your own age all the way up until age 18, and then you go boom? Is there a like moment that hits you out on the ground where? You, you're versing sort of real men? Yeah, I think the thing for me, the biggest uh, adjustment was the training standards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, at North Ballarat on Tuesday, Thursday, aren't we trained? Uh, but, you know, there wasn't really much tackling or anything. Mm-hmm. It was a bit more look after each other so we don't get injured. But, yeah, obviously my first pre-season, first couple of pre-seasons with the Tigers, just um, the intensity they train at was the biggest shock for me. Um, just some of the, the bodies, the big bodies that you come up against and, and the hard hits you get is... Um, something that you can't really get prepared for. So, yeah, that was definitely the biggest shock for me. But, um, yeah, just the whole lifestyle being an AFL player, the, you know, everything you've got to look after, your diet, your extras, recovery, all that kind of stuff um, is huge as well. Was that something that you were expecting coming into the system? Um, yeah, I think I think in my couple of years, first years, I knew um, there's going to have to be a lot of changes, but I yep. didn't know the extent as to how much I needed to do it. Um, and, yeah, I probably got found out in my second year that, um, yeah, I was pretty close to getting delisted, and um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to turn it around through um, yeah some changes I made to my lifestyle and diet, um, training standards, which put me in good stead for um, yeah the next few years of my career. So 
um, yeah, I was obviously lucky that I got that extra contract at Richmond because I was mm-hmm. yeah, pretty close to getting delisted at one point. What does the draft combine mm-hmm. consist of for you personally? Because a lot of people talk about and don't believe how you know there's skinfold measurements, there's this, there's requirements you have to stay under um, in terms of time trials or over in t- terms yeah. of vertical jump and things like that. What was that like? Um, I had a bit of a different uh, draft combine because I was injured at the time. Yeah. So I did a lot of uh, watching of other boys and I was honestly <laughs> pretty happy to be watching other lads. Um, it looked pretty gruesome out there running the 3K time trial around Eddie had um, in front of all the recruiters. So I was pretty stoked to be uh, injured at that time. Um, Were you talking up any any of the cr- recruiters, talking nah, up yourself to any I, of them? I was keeping quiet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a very uh, weird experience going yeah. into all the interviews with AFL clubs and um, you know you'd walk into a room um, you know a pretty small room and there'd be 10 or 12 um, you know people in there from another club and I remember my interview with Richmond and, and Blair Hartley they um, yeah they got stuck into me a fair bit and were, were pretty uh, brutal with some of their opinions so I thought yeah there's no way I'm going to Richmond but um, yeah, obviously I was lucky enough to end up there. What was it like when you got taken pick 67 in I believe it was the 2014 yeah. overall draft. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I, I remember the day. Uh, I only had mum and dad at home. I was too scared to have any anyone else around in case I didn't yeah. get drafted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew I was going to be pretty late in the national or probably rookie. So, um, yeah, until my name got called out, um, yeah, I wasn't having anyone around. But it was an unreal um, experience just getting all the text messages from all the AFL players and mm-hmm. um, yeah, within you know half an hour there was 45 people around in my house celebrating <laughs> so um, yeah, it was awesome and yeah, something I'll remember forever. What was that like to get a, the call from Dimmer Hardwick going, you know, you're going to play for us at the Tigers after, you know, maybe a bit of a tough time in the interview prior to that? Yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I mean, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's something, it's a bit of a whirlwind at the, like in the moment and you're getting so many text messages and then you're speaking to the head coach and yeah. Um, the head coach is telling you in two days you're going to be up on a plane to Queensland for the first camp. So, um, yeah, it's all a bit of a blur and there's just so many mixed emotions. Um, obviously, I was happy to be staying in Melbourne and, and mum and dad were as well. And, um, yeah, all my family were obviously really proud. And, um, yeah, it's something that's, yeah, pretty cool and, yeah, unreal experience. What kind of brutality did what they say to you? Was it more sort of honest feedback in terms of your fitness and health and things like that in the interview? Yeah, it was more honest feedback about my game. Um, yeah, I think they re- I recall them saying something like, when I don't have the ball, I don't look interested in getting the ball, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, and just other, you know, feedback around that I was very fumbly with the ball and stuff like that. So yeah. I kind of walked out of the, the room thinking that they don't rate me at all. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to end up there, but um, yeah, it was, it was unreal. What did you take away from that interview in terms of like things to work on? Yeah, probably just, um, yeah, I think that harsh feedback is, is something that um, obviously it's hard, harsh in the time, but it's going to make you a better better player uh, yeah. as you go on. And um, yeah, I've had different times over my career where I've received pretty strong feedback and it's only helped me. Um, and if you don't receive that feedback, you don't improve. So um, yeah, for me, I'm always looking for you know that kind of feedback because it's an opportunity to improve. You mentioned before that there was a point in time after your first sort of one or two years at Richmond where you were on the cusp of getting delisted. What were those conversations like um, around at the club and how do you know when you're kind of on that cusp? Is it, you know, the coaches aren't talking to yeah. you, the club's not really engaging with you as much? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah, so obviously I come into the AFL um, with a knee injury, so I didn't play at all my first year. Yeah. Um, and then my second year, 
Um, finally got back out there, played six or seven games in the VFL um, to, uh, before the first half of the year and had a couple of suspensions and, yeah, just wasn't playing that well and was just struggling to find my feet as a you know AFL player. And, yeah. Um, yeah, had my mid-season review with Dimmer and, and Choco Williams and Craig McRae at the time and, um, yeah, they just said to me that I was probably 45 or 46 on the list and... Wow. Um, yeah, there's at the moment there's no contract for you here at the end of the year, so um, unless something changes, that you'll you'll be out of the door. Uh, yeah, so that was obviously pretty um, yeah pretty strong feedback, and um, obviously I'm glad they said it now because it changed my career, and I think that was a bit of a penny drop moment for me. That um, I was pretty happy, you know, being the, being um, you know the AFL player at that stage and, <laughs> and just kind of um, cruising through. But um, yeah, if I didn't have that chat with those coaches, then I'd, I'd probably be done. So. Um, yeah, that chat yeah changed my life and started playing some good footy and um, yeah changed some habits and um, started yeah playing good footy and got rewarded with a, a one year contract and then um, kind of took off from there. What was that like to be rewarded? You know, putting your head down and getting to work in the back half um, of that 2016 year, I believe. What was that like to earn that contract for yourself and know that's all the work you've put in in the off season? Yeah, I think um, it was. Yeah, it was honestly, um, yeah, a bit of relief. I, I think I put in probably nine or ten good games of AFL and was um, bordering on AFL selection. And I remember Dimmer called me um, a couple of days before the, the last game of the year against Sydney, um, and I thought I was a chance to play. And he called me up and said, uh, "But you're not going to play this week, but oh. we've got a uh, one-year contract for you." So yeah. I was just stoked because I knew all I wanted was one more chance. And yeah. Um, yeah, obviously had a had a good off season and, and pre season, made my way into the ones team, and um, since then, obviously, just taken through some hard training habits, that, hard working habits um, that I learnt, and uh, try to keep that still with me today. What was round one like against Carlton in twenty seventeen? You make your AFL debut in front of a packed house at the MCG. Yeah, it was unreal. Um, obviously, it kind of felt like a long time coming. You know, when you get drafted, you kind of expect a little bit just to go straight and play AFL, but um, yep. there's so much hard work that you've got to do to get there. And um, Yeah, I wouldn't change a thing, to be honest. I, I feel like I learned a lot of good lessons and um, over my first two years. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that experience, just running out for the first time in front of 90-odd thousand was unbelievable. And to get the win was, um, yeah, it was crazy. And, yeah, it's uh, a long time ago now, but it still gives me uh, goosebumps thinking about it. I was talking to Royal Marshall, and he said he ran out in front of 15,000, 20,000 at the SCG in Sydney um, against the Swans in his debut um, four or five years ago. What was that like for you? And he said he was like a headless chook. He goes for the first half of the first quarter, he goes before he actually got um, soothed into the game a bit and feeling like he belongs there. What was that first part of the game like for you? Yeah, obviously I was a bit in awe just, um, you know, running out uh, through the banner in front of the in front of the Tiger Army. That was unreal, but um, I had a lot of confidence in my pre-season and my two prior NAB Cup games that mm-hmm. put together a lot of work and, um, yeah, played, you know, pretty well, had my role done and, um, yeah, it was obviously awesome to get the win and just felt so supported by all the coaches and, and players and, um, yeah, obviously probably the first quarter you, you're looking around, just like taking it all in and then you kind of get to work after that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, pretty special moment. In that 2017 year, yourself and the forwards at Richmond looked so well gelled together. What was the biggest factor in contrib- contributing to that? Yeah, well, obviously a pretty young forward line. We had um, Jack Rewalt, who was, you know, kind of like the father of the forward line there yeah. and, and looked after us. And, um, yeah, we just, um, 
we just got told to play to our strengths really and have fun and Dimmer was huge on us just bringing pressure and, and, and trying to kick goals so he wasn't too phased about how many goals we kicked just about the pressure we, we brought and, and help um, you know, keeping the forward line so yeah we just got told to play to our strengths and um, yeah it was awesome. After 30 years of suffering for Richmond what was it like to make finals in 2017? Yeah it was, it was, um, yeah, it was really special I think um, even being there the, the two years prior and making finals and getting kicked out. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, 2015 we got kicked out in the elimination final and yep. 2016 we didn't make it. Um, yeah, to make finals and, and go in with a lot of confidence, um, yeah, it, was, it was pretty cool. And um, yeah, Dimmer and all the coaches just made us feel so comfortable. And um, you know, we just had a lot of confidence in our game plan that we could get the job done against Geelong, who we mm-hmm. haven't beaten in 12 years or something like that. So I think when we won that first final, we, we kind of had a little feeling that um, yeah we've you know we've done enough and we got what it takes to win the whole thing. When you take part in big games like a grand final against Adelaide at the MCG in front of 100-110,000 people do moments like that go so quick that you can't even take it in or do you just try and take the whole experience in as much as you can? Yeah I remember um, chatting to the older boys about it at the time that you know who played in some finals before and um, even Dim was really good at just um, obviously he played in, in the grand final um, yep. way back in 2000 so um, he just kind of spoke about enjoying the moment because you never know when you'll be back and um, yeah I think you know the grand final parade was was awesome there's so many supporters down down Richmond through the city when we went through the cars and um, yeah then the grand final day was um, hard to put into words really um, yeah Dimmer was yeah just told us to cherish it because um, you know yeah you never know when you'll be back there and um, so I've I wasn't back there again. A lot of my teammates you know, went, went on and won two and three flags. But um, for me, it's something I look back and, and cherish. It was a pretty exciting moment in my life. What was that grand final parade like for you? Yeah, it was cool. Um, me and Castagna were in, in the car together. And, um, yeah, it was an awesome buzz around the city and so many Richmond supporters. And, um, yeah, it was just such a cool time. Um, and trying to take it all in. There was so much happening, yeah. but, yeah, it was, it was so good. What's the most random things you might hear or see on a day in the grand final parade? Um, oh, <laughs> I still think there's so many of the, the diehard supporters that are there front and centre that you see always that yep. have a lot of advice and stuff like that, yeah. um, <laughs> which we love. But, yeah, it's, uh, there's just so many people there cheering you on and um, you know, trying to you know, drive you home to win. So, um, yeah, it's obviously it was great support and yeah, it's a big reason why. Do you remember those final moments of the grand final, kicking that ceiling goal to put you guys comfortably in the lead? Yeah, yeah, it was um, yeah, obviously a pretty cool moment. Um, I got Brad Crouch holding the ball, actually, <laughs> <laughs> who are obviously teammates now. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, Do you rub that into him a bit? Nah, or? Nah, no, I don't bring it up. Nah. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, kicking that goal was, um, yeah, just kind of fell on like a bit of cherry on top and um, felt like a lot of reward for hard work that I put in over the few years prior and um, obviously my whole family and friends were there and um, I saw videos of them celebrating it and stuff so it was a really special moment for me and um, yeah, even the last five minutes of the game seeing the crowd knowing we'd won was um, yeah, an amazing experience. What's it like when the siren finally goes and you know, the season's over and you're champions? Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Um, I think yeah, I got a bit lucky because I walked in and it was my first year playing AFL and you walk in and win a premiership and you kind of look at all the older boys, you know, Koch and Rewalt, um, those, those types of blokes, Rancy, that had 
put so many years of hard work in and, and been down the bottom of the ladder and yeah. um, you know, been starved of success for, to see them happy and uh, for them to get the recognition they deserved as you know, the people and uh, players they were was, was awesome and yeah. Um, yeah, obviously it was yeah, my first year so it was a cool experience and absolutely loved it but um, yeah, just to see the older boys happy for all their hard work was, was better. What was that like in celebrations post-game to see how much it meant really to all those older blokes in the side? Yeah, um, it's, it was awesome, I think. Um, you know, we celebrated really well and, um, yeah, kind of as you, you get older, you kind of realise that you wouldn't have known at the time just how much hard work goes into it. Okay. I'd put in two years of hard work, but, you know, those, those other lads had put in, you know, 10-plus years of hard work. So to see them get rewarded and um, it's the same here, I hope all the boys here that, um, you know, we can achieve something special because I know how hard we work and how hard some of the boys have, you know, worked for so many years. Um, I feel like it'd be unjust if we didn't get the uh, ultimate success. So obviously at the end of 2019, Neil Baum advised yourself and publicly um, to everyone in the AFL um, and supporters and things like that, that they'd be advising you to look elsewhere. What was that and those conversations like around the club? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I think uh, early on in, in 2019, I uh, played three games in a row, then got dropped, and yep. I actually had a contract uh, offer on the table from Richmond and was working through it um, with my managers. And, um, yeah, then kind of all of a sudden they uh, took the contract away and, wow. um, yeah, just kind of said that they wanted to focus on the youth of mm-hmm. the footy club, so Baker, Bolton, Bolter. Um, so, yeah, that was obviously a bit of a whirlwind for me and... Um, yeah, I kind of had to start looking elsewhere and, um, you yeah, know, I was very fortunate that Saints were interested and, um, yeah, couldn't be happier here now. But, um, yeah, the whole kind of situation getting traded was a bit scary and a bit nerve-wracking. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty easy transition and, yeah, stoked that it happened. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to our Amita recruitment question of the week. Amita recruitment specialising in engineering and construction recruitment out Question of the week this week, Dan, is from Instagram. If you could play with anyone, who would it be? Who would play with anyone, current or past? Any. Any, okay. Any. Um, that's a good question. Current at the moment, I'd love to play with uh, maybe Fontenpelli, Toby Green, mm-hmm. and... Probably Jeremy Cameron. I can those three be good to play. Or maybe Tomahawk as well. Tomahawk. I love Tomahawk. Yeah. Um, from the past. Uh, Tony Lockett be up there? Yeah, he'd be up there, but he'd take too many marks. He yeah. wouldn't bring it to ground enough. <laughs> Steal your enough. thunder. Wouldn't bring it to ground enough for me. <laughs> um, oh, probably, yeah, Alan Didak was my favourite growing up. Yeah. So Who'd you go for? Gro- I was Collingwood. Collingwood. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, so Alan Didak was my favourite and then uh, Pendles as well. So what's that like when you go on versus me and you versus someone like Nick Dacos? Yeah, obviously, um, I was his first opponent, actually. We lined up each other on his debut, so that's, <laughs> that's something that I'll probably be putting up on my wall photo of us when <laughs> we're both done, so um, he won't remember it, but I did. Um, but, yeah, he's obviously a superstar player, and, um, yeah, I love watching him play because he just uh, is so aggressive with his kicking and mm-hmm. um, going to be a superstar, so I look forward to watching his career. So your first year at the Saints, everyone was extremely excited. I remember the buzz around the club and around... Here at Moorabbin, it was incredible seeing yourself, Brad Hill, Dougal Howard, Paddy Ryder all come into the club in that same group, and Jack Higgins, I think it was too, um, in that year for 2020. What was that like 
to get have someone like Jack Higgins who's come across from Richmond with you? Yeah, so I was, uh, sorry, yeah, Higo was the next year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I came across, yeah, end of 2019. So it was uh, a bit bizarre because we had, yeah, five new recruits. So me, Dougal, Paddy, Jonesy and Healy. Um, we come into the, you know, the Saints and uh, loving it here. And then COVID hit, obviously. So mm-hmm. we all got sent up to the hub. And, um, yeah, that was such a good good way and um, good experience to, to, know, to get to know everyone better. And, um, yeah, it was such a... Amazing year going off to Noosa and, and spending time with all these players that, and pretty much fast-tracked relationships. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, very grateful for that experience and obviously a tough time back here, but, um, you know, we were lucky enough to be able to go over there and, and play footy and, um, yeah, just kind of spend quality time together and, and make new relationships, so it was, it was good. What was the hub like? Because I saw when you were thinking about it then you had a little smile on your face. <laughs> so what was that like to get up there to Noosa in the heat, play in front of, you know, no one, yeah. but really soak it up? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, as I said, we are really lucky. We, we stayed in Noosa at the RACV resort there and um, pretty much had everything at our disposal. Um, yeah, we would go play golf and surf and um, pretty much apart from training, uh, that's what we'd be doing. So I was either training, playing, golfing or surfing. So, um, Were there yeah, any big like tournaments between uh, like ping pong or yeah, golf or tennis? Or we, we did a lot of golf tournaments, a lot yeah. of table tennis tournaments, FIFA tournaments. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was really good fun. Did you win any? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. I think Dougal lost FIFA. He was pretty bad at FIFA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, I think I was, yeah, just about average in all the rest. So, about average. Um, yeah, loved the year. Got so many great memories from it. And I know all the players here do. Kicked well. 27 goals in 17 games that year and helped the Saints win an elimination final against the Dogs, which it was an intriguing sight to see. It bring so much belief and so much joy to so many Saints out there. Yeah, it was obviously awesome. It was... Um, Disappointing in a way, couldn't be in Melbourne and, and mm-hmm. give the fans down here, um, you know, a game to go to after, you know, a few years. But um, yeah, I know that year brought so many smiles to so many Saints supporters back here that were struggling and having a tough time during that year. And um, I think just you know being able to play footy, we're very grateful. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people uh, gave a lot of people stuff to watch that were down yeah. here, and they probably look forward <laughs> to the footy every weekend. And to be playing, you know, well and, and making finals was um, was a bonus. And um, yeah, as I said, we we're very lucky if I was able to make arrangements for it to happen. But um, yeah, love love my time up there and would go up there again for sure. What was the hectic schedule like? Because it was, I guess, you had forty eight hours to prepare after a game for your next game. Um, in some circumstances, yeah, it was it was obviously um, it was different. We had um, sixteen minute quarters that were reduced, and uh, we'd often have four and five day breaks which is a bit unheard of now I think yeah. we only have one five day break a year yeah. so um, yeah obviously it was good being up there we're in the middle of winter and it's 25 degrees so I think that helped as well uh, recovery wise you get down the beach and whereas in the middle of winter here sometimes you yeah. don't want to get out of bed it's so cold <laughs> but, um, yeah I think the weather and um, just how much fun we were having up there all the lads are pulling up well and um, yeah being able to recover and go again for the next you know next game so um yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know how to go with a four-day break now, but back yeah. then it was good. <laughs> Body pulls up a bit sore. Yeah, getting a bit old and pulling up sore now, so um, <clears throat> got to keep on top of it. Yeah. Last year was a bit of a tricky year for you guys. Obviously, Brett Ratton exiting the club um, post-season was a bit of a surprise after signing a one-year deal. What was that like from your perspective? Yeah, um, obviously, Rats was a great coach, and um, you know, I played yeah the best year I've had under Rats, so um, yeah, loved him as a coach and the way he brought people together and um, yeah, it was obviously decisions made in, within the board and, and the yep. high powers of the club, and 
Um, us as players don't really have much say over it, so we just kind of um, accept what we're given. And obviously, um, yeah, we'd heard lots of stories about Ross and um, how he's been over the you know the last few years and how he coached before and yep. the sprays and how funny he is in, in interviews and stuff like that. So yep. I think everyone was a bit scared <laughs> and on edge about him coming in. And um, but yeah, all the feedback you know I kind of got from other players that play under him that he's a great coach and um, that's all I've seen how professional he is and. Um, his attention to detail is is uh, like nothing I've seen before, and that's probably shown in, in the way we're playing this year and the game plan and um, you know how well players are playing. Absolutely, I've heard Jack Steele, one of your best mates, owes Mitch Owens a, a bit of a free meal, does he? Uh, what's that for? Because apparently Jack Jack said he told he told the story to me. He said it was between. Mitch Owens and Nazaya. Oh, who was allowed? Who was allowed us on the track? Yeah. And apparently neither of them yeah. were loud enough. But Mitch, Michito thinks he's got a free meal on the table. Yeah, Mitch would get a free meal. Naz doesn't speak too much, um, so <laughs> it was a pretty easy win, I think, for Mitchy. Um, yeah, but no, nah, they're both both great kids. But uh, yeah, Naz is uh, very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> What's it been like to get involved? Obviously, this year you've had some big outs. Um, coming through this first nine weeks of the season. You get Tim Membray back, you've got Zach Jones back coming in next week and then just to make things a bit better, you've got Max King coming back in a few weeks too. Yeah, obviously it's, um, yeah, it was obviously devastating when we found out that Timmy and Maxi both wouldn't be there for the first you know, few rounds and um, yeah, it's probably put me in a position I haven't been in before. I was one of the oldest in the forward line and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, players are probably looking for my leadership and yeah, it's something I really enjoy doing. Um, and yeah, I haven't really, you know, done much leadership stuff before, so especially at AFL level. So it's good to, um, you know, kind of be a leader in that sense. And um, having them come back has, has been yeah. been awesome. Obviously, Timmy's back now, and Kingy's not far away. Um, so it's going to be so good having them back. Can't wait to play with Kingy again because um, yeah, he's an absolute superstar, and I yeah, love watching him play and, and play next to him. What's the experience been like, Dan? Play, leading from the front of the group of the pack and being one of the oldest in the side, um, I mean, to lead some of these younger kids out on the field, inspire them to, you know, play their best. Yeah, it's good, I think. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of young young forwards at the moment and, um, yeah, I think you kind of still feel young, still feel like I'm one of the youngest, but um, <laughs> it goes pretty quick and, um, yeah, it's all of a sudden you're in your ninth year and, you know, younger blokes are looking for, you know, leadership from you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's something... Um, I'll try to bring and um, try to help them out with my experience. But, um, yeah, obviously got to keep developing it. And, um, and Timmy Membry is really good at that. Um, he's the leader of the forward line. So love working with him and, um, you know, the energy and passion he brings. How do you guys, um, not only as forwards, but throughout the whole ground, try to continually develop your skills? Is there, obviously, you've got your group training sessions. Do you have personal one-on-one training sessions with the line coaches too? Yeah, so we got um, obviously two main sessions a week that we get yep. out in group and you know practice ball movement and defensive structures and stuff like that. And then we've got a couple of half days as well where you know we'll work on um, smaller stationary touch and handballing yep. that kind of stuff. And then yep. another um, you know session where we'll just focus on goal kicking and that kind of stuff. And um, it is difficult during the year because a lot of boys are sore and trying mm-hmm. to get extra work into them can be tough sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think when we can you know take um, you know, little little bits of time to work on hands or something um, that doesn't take a lot of energy to improve. We, we try to do it a lot. You guys all look like you're much more on the same page this year. Does it feel like that within the club? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, just that's probably the Ross effect again, him having everyone on the same page. And, um, you know, we've got our, all our information, all our game plan booklets over the pre-season that everyone has to study up on. And, 
would get quizzed about it and stuff like that. So it's it's put um, a few boys, um, you know, to the test because they need to study up and make sure they know <laughs> their stuff. Because Ross can ask you in a meeting, and if you don't know it, you'll be in a bit of trouble. So um, it's definitely helped on field, and um, yeah, definitely helped the co- cohesion of the group. Have you had any coaches' punishments yet at training? No, nah, nothing yet. Everyone's been pretty good so far. We've had a few. Uh, Ross has set up a few. Um, lads to kick kick goals in training and if they miss we've got to do commando roles oh. so that happened a bit over the pre-season which was <laughs> pretty grim but um, yeah nothing nothing of late yeah absolutely what was it like it's the 150th year of the Saints you play against Essendon get a great 30, 30 or 40 point win over them coming in to that second half is we're looking great in great touch and continue that right through the game yeah it was obviously uh, awesome to be back at the G and um, celebrate the 150 years, uh, a great spectacle for everyone, and we had 70,000 there, which was awesome, and it was um, the biggest crowd that a lot of the boys had played in, and yeah, to have the atmosphere of all the Sainers at the G was uh, really special, and it's probably something we struggled with the last few years, is winning those, mm-hmm. um, you know, those big games, um, so yeah, to, to walk away with the win against a really quality side was, was really special. How much influence have these coaches and this group of past players at the club right now had on you? Yeah, a lot. Um, obviously, I've had Robert Harvey as my forward line coach and, um, yeah, to learn from him about the forward patterns and just kind of his passion for the Saints. And um, same with Lenny as well. And Goddard, they've got so much experience of the game and they're all champions of the game. So to, to learn from them, I know the, the lads take a lot out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a lot of different dynamics and sets that he's run? Like, for example, in basketball, there's like lots of different plays and stuff like that. Does Ross Lyon as the coach, and I guess Corey Enright too, um, being one of the lead assistants of um, that coaching panel, have lots of different set plays that you guys run throughout the game? Um, yeah, there is a few. I mean, we have our kind of our main structure. We play for most of the game, and um, yeah, I guess when if we're down or um, it's the end of you know we're in a tight game, we have different structures uh, depending on whether we need to win or need to save the game. Um, as every team would do. Um, but apart from that, I think we're, we've got a pretty um, you know, simple game plan. It's just not make sure everyone knows their roles within that um, and then executing it on game day because it's easy to do in the classroom and there's no pressure, but you're, when you're out on the ground and uh, there's a lot on the line, it can uh, you know, make you a bit you know, nervous or forget something, so always got to be sharp on it. Consistency's been a massive factor for the St Kilda Footy Club over the last few years been eight and three last year and then unfortunately missing out on finals how do you guys look to address that over this season yeah obviously we started really well last year and then for whatever reason we um yeah didn't perform the second half of the year and we kind of feel like this year um we've we've taken the results away from our focus and um yeah i think we've lost two games but we feel like we've you know played well in pretty much every single game so mm-hmm. um, we know if we keep bringing our system and the way we want to play that we'll be in more games than not so um, as long as we keep on the same page and, and keep sharpening up our skills we feel like we'll be um, you know a strong team and, and push on in the second half of the year. So is it more focusing on how you guys look and feel as a group more than statistics and results and things like that? Yeah definitely more than results you know we have our KPIs that we look at look at you know pressure and contested ball as yep. a lot of teams would do and um, yeah I feel like if we can tick those things off and, and and we win, it's good. And if we can tick those things off and we lose, it's still good because we've, you know, we've played the way we want to play. And obviously, we're not going to go through the year and win every single game. But if yep. we, um, you know, tick those things off, we'll be in more games than not. So that's all Ross wants us to do, and um, it's been a good way to play. How are you feeling about heading over to Adelaide tomorrow morning? 
Yeah, pretty good. Um, obviously, they've played some great footy this year, and um, yeah, we're looking forward to the challenge. Uh, it's the first time we played in a hostile crowd this year, so yeah, um, yeah, you know, in an away game. So um, yeah, can't wait to play. Love playing over there. It's a great ground and uh, day game. Hopefully, should be good weather. So be good fun. Got to ask you about gather round. It was a massive event for the AFL. How do you view that? Yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, we played on the Sunday night. So it was the last game on Adelaide Oval and. Um, yeah, I thought I all held up really well and um, yeah, there was obviously such a great buzz around the city. Obviously, I haven't spent too much time in Adelaide, but yeah. <laughs> definitely felt like there was a lot more going on than usual, yeah. um, which was cool and all the you know fans and, and people I know that went over really had a good time. So yeah, it's good to flocked in for the next few years and um, can do it again next year. Absolutely. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been an absolute honour to have you on and best of luck in Adelaide on Sunday. Thanks, Max. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Dan. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Sporting Max. Thanks to Amita Recruitment specialising in engineering and construction recruitment. This has been Sporting Max. We'll see you soon. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.